Hi, welcome to the Story of Self podcast. This is the podcast for women who want to come home to themselves and do what they came to this planet to do. I am Mariah Wickham, a certified life coach and guide and cheerleader on your journey. Hello, and welcome to episode 32. I am so glad you're here. Today, we are diving into the Enneagram again. And this episode is called Enneagram and Relationships. So I want you to consider how you show up in your closest relationships and how the people in your closest relationships show up. By the end of this episode, I think you're going to have some more enlightenment and some more insight into why these people do the things they do or why you do the things you do. And you will be given some strategies and tips to repair when things go off in those relationships. Uh, We are all driven by certain motivations. And that's why the Enneagram is so powerful is because it helps us see what those motivations are. So knowing this about your partner or people you work with or your best friend or siblings is so valuable because it allows you to see them in a new light. It allows you to understand why they're doing things the way they are. So let's dive in and we are going to talk about how you're coming across um, sometimes in relationships, okay? Now, we'll start out with one, and the Enneagram type one is, well, they have a really strong sense of right and wrong. They believe in being good, and that's like their core motivation to have integrity and to, to be seen as, as doing good. Um, because of this, uh, they have a really strong inner critic and this voice that comes through in their head sometimes comes out and they say things to others about what might look like really judgmental and it can cause other people to feel like they're never good enough. It can cause other people to feel like only if they're improving, and doing the things that this Enneagram one desires, would they have value? And so you can see in a relationship when this is overused or overplayed, the partner or the other person in the relationship can be worn down by that. So this is good to know. If you are in a partnership or a friendship with a one, you can know this about them. And uh, you you can take more time to understand and have more compassion. But also, if you are the Enneagram one, there are some things you can do. You can explain to people or your partner that, you know, you struggle with this need to constantly constantly be working toward this ideal that shows up in your head. And so you just want to explain to people that that's, that's how you operate. And you really are putting these expectations on yourself, even though maybe it comes across sometimes like you're, you're putting those expectations on uh, other people. 
So expressing that and knowing, having that level of self-awareness is huge, but then communicating it is even bigger and explaining that to someone else is so, so, so huge. So uh, let's go to Enneagram 2. Um, Enneagram 2's motivation is to be loved and appreciated. And they do this generally by connecting and creating a lot of relationships where they can help, where they can do good, where they can um, serve and um, they, they, they want that validation. They want that like feedback from others. And so they're very generous in nature. They spend a lot of time in, in other, in others' worlds. So like I said, serving or giving, well, if this is your partner, you can imagine that sometimes maybe you feel a little less than because you see your Enneagram type two partner constantly giving to others, constantly serving others, doing things for others. And you might be in a place where you feel left out or you feel less than. And this, if you are the two, you can communicate to your people. You can let them know that you have this drive. <laughs> this is how you are like hot, hardwired. You have this drive to extend generosity and service to others. And you have this need to be extra giving. And they also have a real hard time expressing their own needs. And so being a partner of a two you can feel like, oh, I don't know what to do for this person, right? Like, I don't know how to be connected to them, especially in an intimate relationship, right? I don't know how to stay super connected to them because they're constantly out doing things for other people. So again, as an Enneagram 2, you can communicate that you will ask for help or, and then of course, follow through with this, but then you can also you know, be, you can also say, you know, I will, I will express my need and I will come to you when I need something. And that will help your partner know that they can rely on you and they can, they can wait for your signs so that they know how to help you. All right. So I'm going to butt in here real quick and explain that as I explain these things, these strengths of the each number and type really are strengths, but also weaknesses are often just our strengths overused. And so that's what's happening here is that all Enneagram types have more natural talents than the other and more natural gifts, but when overused, they become weaknesses. And so this is why it's important to have this self-awareness and then communicate what what, how, how you work, how you're wired so that there can be more authenticity in your relationships and there can be more connection. All right, let's move on to Enneagram three. Um, Enneagram threes are really concerned about achievements and success and how they, how others are perceiving them. They, um, they really are concerned, sometimes even obsessed with image and how they come off to other people. And this can inadvertently cause others to feel like 
you only value them if you, you know, are also worried about achievements and succeeding and going after goals and these external things that create achievement. And so this can, in a relationship, cause some friction. It can cause some tension uh, because if you're the partner and you're like, oh, you know, that's not important to me, um, then there can be some misunderstanding. So as the Enneagram 3, it's important to communicate to your the people in your relationships that you're working on enjoying yourself. You're working on loving yourself outside of all those achievements and successes. And it's important to communicate as the Enneagram 3 why you love your partner, why you love, why you appreciate this person so that they know and can see that outside of your driven nature to achieve and to go after things and to, you know, this like drive and ambition that shows up a lot. That vulnerability in the relationship by confessing that, you know, you're really working on self-love and you're working on accepting yourself even when you're not working on a goal, that will be huge to maintain, maintain this closeness and intimacy in your relationship. All right, let's talk about the Enneagram fours. That's always put, it always puts a smile on my face because I am an Enneagram four and Enneagram fours are notorious for their rich imagination and this really deep inner world. And this can sometimes overwhelm um, other people. This can be like, quote unquote, too much. And they can really, you know, become overwhelming with their emotions, with their expression of their experiences. They can come off as very dramatic. (laughs) And I laugh because I indeed am dramatic for sure. It's important as an Enneagram 4 then to communicate to people in your relationships that you're working on moving from your inner world, that you're working on being outside of yourself and not constantly like staying in that rich inner world and that you want to hear from others and taking the time as an Enneagram four, you can communicate that you are interested in really being present for someone and hearing their stories and experiences too. As a quick little example here, because I'm an Enneagram four and I, I notice this all the time, um, in my marriage, um, I'm married to an Enneagram nine and I, I, I can get kind of stuck in my emotional experiences and I can just want to stay there, right? And just r- ruminate over over the experience. And an Enneagram 4, uh, also it's really easy to take things very personal that everything is about me, like everything is related to me. It's not necessarily that everything is about me. It's just that you think that everything is related to you and related to your identity. So Um, this was years ago and I remember, you know, venting to my husband over and over, probably over the same exact thing. (laughs) And, and in his most kind voice and kind way, he said to me, you know, um, I don't know what else to say to you. Um, but maybe, maybe it's time you go talk to like someone that's more professional, like a counselor or something. Um, 
And there was a, there was a, a little portion of me that wanted to take offense at that, but it was a really good eye opener for me to see, like, he really was like done with, he was out of advice and he was, you know, he was done with me like existing in that just same emotional loop. And, um, and so it helped me to see like, oh yeah, I don't really need to exist in that and, and go over that over and over and over and over. So it really was actually helpful because he said it in a very loving, kind, generous way. Uh, he wasn't annoyed or anything like that. So that, that comes from his Enneagram nine-ness where he, he is reticent to feel emotion and it's not, it doesn't come naturally to him. And he's very much like wants to skip over it and wants to just learn lesson and move on. And so because I dwell there so often, it, it can cr create tension there. So I just wanted to pop in with that little example because, uh, because I've been there <laughs> and as a four and a nine, there's some things we've had to work out. All right, let's go back to our list. Um, Enneagram fives. So Enneagram fives have really strong boundaries and they are, they are the type that wants to like chase, um, information. They love to like go down a rabbit hole and learn new things. They can be scarce with their energy. So they don't want to go to a social event, for example, because they feel like all their energy will be used up or they don't want people to like take things from them, their energy or other things. And so you can imagine in a relationship that this can start to cause some problems. And so it's important as an Enneagram five to communicate to others that you are, you know, constantly watching where you're at energetically. And if you feel like you are at your max uh, of your energy, then you're going to have to skip out. You're going to have to shut down. You're going to have to go back and recharge. These are um, the introverts of the world, right? They need to recharge by being alone. Um, but in that process, as an Enneagram 5, be sure to communicate that you love your partner, that you love your friend, that you you know love being in, in a friendship with them or a relationship with them. But you can't, you just can't commit to like so many plans all, all the time. So um, again, this is a strength and a weakness. And so it's important to see that as long as we're communicating and as long as we're invested in the relationship, then we can make things work. I uh, have heard a lot of people ask like which Enneagram numbers are best for each other. And there is no such thing. Uh, healthy people create healthy relationships. So any number can work with any other number as long as you have two healthy people that are committed and willing to communicate and willing to make corrections when things don't go right. And so it's not so much about the pairing. It's more about your state of, of health emotionally and mentally and psychologically and, and all of that. All right. Enneagram sixes. Uh, they can have a natural inclination to distrust people. And they can, um, they're known for seeking a lot of people's advice uh, before they make decisions. Um, and so this can work at a, at a disadvantage in a relationship because the person that your partner or that person that you're, you know, in, in the relationship 
might feel discarded or dismissed because you maybe aren't always seeking their advice. You're seeking a lot of people's advice. And so as an Enneagram six, it's really wise to communicate to the people in your relationships that you're working on understanding yourself better. You're working on, um, building this loyalty to, to your partner and just make sure that the people in your relationship know that you do love them, know that you want them to be a part of your life and that you do take their advice seriously and that you appreciate what they have to contribute. Um, Enneagram sixes are part of the head triad. And so they get stuck, especially the six more than the five and seven, they get stuck in their mind really easily. And it's hard for them to pull out of their mind traps. And so that's really good to know in relationships as well. Um, and if you're a partner to an Enneagram six, if you can encourage them or invite them to do things where they use their body, um, and they get more, um, used to using their body to process things, um, they'll get better at staying out of their head. Um, so going on a walk, exercising, um, jumping on the trampoline, um, you know, all kinds of things, pickleball, whatever it is, just get them using their, using their body and they will, they will, um, get better at, at staying out of their head. Okay. Enneagram sevens. Enneagram sevens are our life of the party. Okay. Um, but they can take in a lot of information at once. They can move from one thing to the next very quickly. It can feel a little flighty. It can feel a little, um, like not very careful. Um, and so this can lead to in, lead to the partner in your relationship feeling like they're not interesting enough. Like there, there isn't enough for about them that holds this Enneagram sevens attention. So, and they want to like go, go and do and, and be a part of the fun. Like fun is so, so important to sevens. They always want to feel satisfied and comfortable and they want to be seeking that excitement. Um, and they're like your risk takers and, and so if a part, if their partner isn't a seven, which is most likely the case, then they're going to have other motivations. And so it can feel draining or it can feel hard to like follow all their whims and follow all their fancies. So if you are the Enneagram seven in the relationship, it's important that you communicate to your partner that you do live at a quick, quick pace and it doesn't mean anything about them. It doesn't mean that your partner doesn't hold your attention, um, but also it would be really beneficial for you to work on slowing down and work on just being present with the person that's right in front of you. And that will be hard for an Enneagram 7. Um, their minds go a mile a minute and there's just constant, constantly things popping in their head. Um, talking to an Enneagram 7 sometimes can feel like you're jumping into the conversation midway through it, <laughs> even though you've been sitting by them the whole time, because they, they have this tendency to bounce from one thing to the next so easily. So as a seven, communicate that, explain how you work, explain how your brain is wired so that your partner can understand you better so that you can under, you know, have this 
not just self-awareness, but you can have this couple awareness about how you work together. All right. Enneagram eights. These are our, our uh, very bold speakers. They always can be counted on telling the truth. Um, they can always speak their mind and it can be alarming to other numbers. <laughs> um, because they can come off as bossy, they can come off as rude, um, and they have a lot of energy. Enneagram 8s have a lot of energy, and this can tend to drown out other people's energy, and it can it can be overwhelming. Uh, they have a strong desire to protect themselves and their loved ones, but it doesn't come across that way sometimes, like I said, because their energy is so overwhelming what it can actually do is scare their loved ones. So it's really important to communicate to others if you are an Enneagram 8 that you know your energy can feel really overwhelming and you're working on making sure that you're sensitive to other people's energy and sensitive to their need to take up space in the relationship as well. And you can let them know that you know, you want to hear them as well. And by doing this, you open up that little door of vulnerability, which is so, so healthy for an Enneagram 8. But it also is so, so scary. That's like about the worst thing that can happen for an, an Enneagram 8 is to feel vulnerable and to feel like they're risking exposing their emotional needs or wounds. So if you're the partner to an Enneagram 8, recognize that as well and be very encouraging and be very kind uh, when they do those sorts of things. Um, Enneagram eights are probably the most misunderstood number on the Enneagram. And um, it's because their, their behavior and the things they do come off as, as different than they really are because they, it looks like they're just being rude. It looks like they're, they're um, inconsiderate. But in a lot of ways, what they're doing is protecting their loved ones. They're standing up for justice. They're um, making sure that they get, get heard. All right, our Enneagram nines are those that really stray and st stay away from uncomfortable situations. They will quickly move from hard emotions and conflict. Um, and they, this can make others feel like they, they think you don't care. And I can attest to this, like I said, because my husband is an Enneagram nine and his strong, strong drive to stay away from conflict and his strong drive to not face things like right on and, and deal with them right away totally makes me feel like he doesn't care. It makes me feel like not important sometimes. So um, Enneagram nines are your peacemakers. And so in a lot of situations, they are, their strengths really shine. These, these are the people that are the great mediators. They are extremely empathetic. Um, and so as a nine, it's important for you to communicate to the people in your relationships that to you, conflict, conflict feels like a potential for a loss. Like as a nine, you automatically see that this breakdown is going to cause rejection and cause a separation. So 
if you open up and explain this, let others know how much they mean to you. Um, and even though it's really uncomfortable, try to lean into those conversations, lean into those challenges that feel very overwhelming. Um, not even, not only expressing emotion, but feeling emotion can be really overwhelming for a nine. They are a part of the gut triad and they, they deal with that by not wanting to experience their bodily sensations. And so because emotions show up in our body as sensations, sometimes they just like want to push that down. They just want to like ignore it. So facing hard conversations where you need to deal with and process some hard feelings is very hard for an Enneagram nine. So as a partner of an Enneagram nine, which I can speak from experience, holding that space for my husband is so, so important and dialing back my energy because as a four, I have a lot of energy, um, dialing back my energy on purpose so that I give him a really broad space. I give him a really broad area um, and constantly encourage him that his voice matters, constantly encourage him to speak up um, and then listen and take, you know, his advice into consideration. But I have to do that intentionally because he's so inclined to just kind of disappear and like he would just let me take over if I, if that was my intention. Um, that isn't my intention because I want us to work like a partnership. I want us to both be, both be in it. And so it's required me to really, really pay attention to how I'm showing up and making sure that I'm making space for him as well. Um, so there you have it, all of the types, some of their strengths, how they might, how those same strengths might be showing up as weaknesses, and then how you can communicate to your partners uh, what you're working on and what will work in, in those situations. And then also some tips on if you're the partner to these types, how you can show up for them, how you can encourage more of their confidence to be stronger and how you most of all can be more connected, more intimate, and how you can both be on the same page in what goes on in your relationship, right? Like, if you're parenting, if you're, you both are taking care of the house, if you're just living life together, if you're talking about your calendar, I mean, just any and every way that you interact together as partners, it's so enlightening to know these things about each other. It's so helpful to understand where they're coming from and to understand even that their motivation and drive is probably different than yours. And that's totally okay. Nothing has gone wrong. But this self-discovery and couple discovery will help you move along with a lot more peace and fulfillment and intimacy in your relationships. So I um, love talking about the Enneagram. And if it's something you would like more help with and understanding yourself, understanding your partner or others in your life, then reach out and let's chat and let's uh, get you on a free beginning call so you can um, understand yourself better. Thanks for joining me today. I uh, love that you're here. I love when you share the podcast. I love when you tell me what you're enjoying about the podcast. I love when you give me topic suggestions. 
So uh, if you feel like doing any of that, um, please do continue to do so. I will see you next week. Hello, I am so glad you joined me on the podcast this week. If there is something specific you would like further help with, whether that is about your mindset, goals you have, the Enneagram, or something going on in your marriage, I would invite you to go make a beginning call. Those calls are free and you can book in at my website, www.mariahwickham.com, or you can send me an email and that I can be reached at support at mariahwickham.com. I look forward to hearing from you and I hope you have a great week.